Welcome to Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. I'm your host, Katara McCarty. Ladies, you know how you feel when you have a bomb outfit on? Your hair is just right? You get a glance at yourself in the mirror and you think, yes, girl, you are slaying it today. But then you realize you forgot something? Girl, you forgot your lipstick. So you put your lipstick on, and then all of a sudden, you went from, girl, you cute, to a woman with a fierce attitude about to slay the day. Girl, that lipstick has you walking different, standing different, squaring your shoulders, and daring anything or anyone to get in your way. Well, that's what I'll do here at Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. I'll remind you to grab your lipstick, not only literally, but metaphorically, to put that lipstick on your soul. I'll give you tools to tap into your own unique power, build self-confidence, and go for the life that you deserve. It's time for you to stop looking for answers, acceptance, and love outside of you. Listen, it's in you. Stop living a life you hate and live a life full of power, your own power. So girl, grab your lipstick because you're going to need it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the power of belief. What you believe about yourself matters. It matters a lot. See, we weave through life every day with a set of beliefs, beliefs about ourselves. And those beliefs, whatever you believe, impacts your life. It impacts how you show up. It impacts what you're manifesting in your life. So today, we're going to do a checkup from the neck up. We're going to evaluate our beliefs. And I don't know about you, but I know I've got some beliefs that need to shift. I need to tear down and I need to replace. So I hope that you're ready for your checkup. All right. We need to push the pause button. Okay. Not on this podcast. Don't push the pod, the podcast pause button. But we need to push the pause button in our life and we need to evaluate our beliefs about ourselves. We really need to search our hearts and really ask ourselves, what do I believe about myself? Because your belief, your beliefs, my beliefs are either holding us back and keeping us from the life that we really want Or our beliefs are pushing us forward, propelling us forward to the life that we desire. Most of our beliefs are formed at a very young age. They are formed when we're being raised by our parents. Now, all of us should know that we're all raised with a level of dysfunction, you do know that, right? You, do, you, you weren't raised by perfect people in a perfect house. There are levels of dysfunction and they lay a belief system in us. And some of those beliefs are really good and some of those beliefs are not so good. So those beliefs, again, create the life that we are now living. And if we want a better life, if we want greater things in our life, then maybe we need to evaluate our beliefs and do some shifting, like I said, so that we can move forward. So 
some of my beliefs I wanted to share with you, some of my beliefs that I have about myself that are not so good. One of those beliefs is that I'm not enough. That is one of the beliefs that is at the bottom of my barrel is that I'm not enough. Another belief is that I'm too much. I'm too much. Another belief is that I'm not worthy or I'm not valuable. Now, I want to talk to you about where those beliefs started and how the foundation of those beliefs were laid in my life. So when I was born back in 1972, and for all of you that are listening that were born like in the 90s, I know that you think that that was a really long time ago, but it really wasn't. Um, 1972 was not that long ago. You hear me? Okay. So now that we have that straight, I was born in 1972 and my biological mother is white and my biological father is black. Now in 1972, the cultural climate was not conducive for Um, someone to have a biracial baby, a white woman to have a baby by a black man. It was taboo. It was frowned upon. And so my mom was pregnant with me. And I believe partially because of the cultural, cultural climate at the time, because I was biracial, that she decided to not keep me and to not raise me. So because of her own beliefs and everything that she was going through at the time, she made a decision to leave me at the hospital. Now, she abandoned me. She walked away from the hospital. There was no adoption agency. There was no helping to choose the right parents. She had me and left me at the hospital. There were no baby showers being thrown for me. There was no celebration around my birth, no flowers and balloons and excitement. There there wasn't family there awaiting my arrival. It wasn't a positive thing, me coming into the earth. So my mom made a decision at the very, very beginning of my life that laid a foundation, a belief that I have carried with me up until now. So leaving me at the hospital, her decision had an impact on me, a big, huge impact that I still carry with me today. And we'll talk about that here in a moment. Fortunately, I was adopted by a woman Uh, Her name's Betty, Betty Waters. Shout out to Betty. Um, Love my mom. She's amazing. Her and her mother, my grandmother, raised me. I was raised by two strong black women, amazing people. (laughs) Um, You know, they have their issues. They have their level of dysfunction. But I grew up in a pretty happy home. I did know that I was different. I grew up knowing that I was different, that I didn't look like my sister, who was also adopted. She is not my biological sister, so our skin colors are different. Um, I didn't look like my mother, who is um, full black, and my grandmother, who is full black. I didn't look like um, the kids in my neighborhood. I was different. And 
because of that, my hair was different. Um, I was really, uh, really tiny and petite, and I was different. And so that impacted me. I remember being a little girl. My grandmother would hot comb my, get the hot comb out and put it on the fire on the stove. And she would hot comb my sister's hair. And she would hot comb my mom's hair and her hair. And I would beg my grandma. I'd be like, Nana, will you please hot comb my hair? And she would look back at me and she'd say, Sissy, you got that good hair. Your hair doesn't need hot combed. And I'm like, but please, I, I want my hair to be like yours. I want my hair to be hot combed. And so there were lots of those moments that um, let me know that I wasn't like the people I lived with. Now, I'm not saying that that was a bad thing necessarily or intentional by my mother and my grandmother. It would ju- It just was what it was. It was the facts. But it definitely created this belief in me that somehow I wasn't enough. Um, I wasn't black enough or I wasn't or I was too much like I was too white. And so nobody actually ever said that to me in my home. Again, I got lots of love and lots of hugs and um, I had a pretty good childhood. But that message came through simply because I was different. And so I went out in my neighborhood to play with kids in my neighborhood. And I went off to school and I did not look like a lot of little girls in my grade. I was different. I remember sitting in class in second grade and I had this awesome eraser. And this little girl beside me asked to borrow the eraser. She used it and she's like, oh my gosh, your eraser's awesome. And I'm like, I know. And I remember thinking we're going to be friends. A recess rolled around. We played together that day. I I went home and I told my family I have a friend. And I went back to school the next day and the little girl wasn't talking to me. And I asked her if we were going to play at recess. And she looked back at me and said, I can't play with you. I can't be your friend. And I remember asking why. And she said, because my mommy said, you're black. And I remember thinking, what? I'm black? I was really confused in that moment, but I did have, it was another situation and circumstance that confirmed that I was different. I used to get made fun of. I used to get called Oreo cookie and zebra. And I remember walking down the alley and older black girls in my neighborhood reaching to touch my hair and saying things about my hair and not I didn't know them. So it was like super awkward. I'm like these teenage girls. I'm like a little girl like in third grade and they're reaching to touch my hair and talk about my skin and not in like they were bullying me. They just were curious, but it impacted me. It let me know that I was different. And I always felt like I was either too much or not enough. I remember being in high school and dating a guy and him telling me that I talked too white. And I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what you, I don't know what you mean. Or stop being so white. Stop acting so white. And, and so that impacted me. And so my life and as I weaved through life, situations and circumstances reinforced the beliefs that really were laid at an early, early age in my life. And and 
I've always known that my mom wasn't my biological mother. I, I've always known that. She's always made that very apparent. It wasn't like she hid it from us. She did her best to like keep us in the loop around that. But I so I knew that I wasn't born uh, you know, in through the family I was in. It's not like my mom had me physically. Um, I knew that. And so, but in spite of knowing that and feeling informed around that, there was still this belief that somehow I wasn't enough. And because there's a, there's like this whole thing around being adopted, whether you feel really embraced by the family or like you feel like you were a bit of a bother or I could go in and maybe we'll do an episode on adoption and I can maybe have um, some experts come in and weigh in. But there, there's something about that 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 lays a belief in your it, within you that maybe you're not enough or you're too much or you're not worthy of love. You're not worthy or valuable. And so those foundation foundational beliefs, again, were laid in my life really early. And because of other people's actions throughout my life as I weaved through life, those beliefs were driven. It feels like they were driven even deeper into my soul. It was like those people saying what they said, doing what they did, caused those beliefs to be confirmed as if they were truths. And so those beliefs, it's almost like they they became cemented into my mind and into my heart and into my soul because of what other people did or what other people said. Beliefs are so powerful. I began to see those beliefs played out in my life. When I was in high school, I dated a guy and because I believed I was not enough and because I didn't believe I was valuable or worthy of love, I accepted someone treating me poorly. I allowed someone else to talk to me in horrible ways. It was emotional abuse, calling me outside my name, like being really abusive emotionally. And I stayed with him because there was a belief laid early in my life that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't valuable. And because I didn't see or believe that I had great value, I allowed someone else to devalue me even more. So I accepted treatment from someone because I believed that's what I was worth. And there are many of you listeners out there today that are listening to this podcast and maybe you don't believe you're worthy of love. Maybe you don't believe that you're valuable. And I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you begin to hear and understand the truth versus the lie. What's really true about you? And I walked through a pretty long season in my life where I accepted poor behavior from other people because I believed I wasn't valuable. My hope and my desire is that a shift is starting to happen in your heart and in your mind and in your soul to understand that it's time for you to get a hold of that belief and begin to 
rein that belief in and tear that belief down and begin to replace it with a new belief. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But in my early 20s, I began to shift my beliefs. I, again, was in this abusive relationship all through high school, graduated high school, went to college. And when I was in college, I stayed with this guy. And when I was in college, I got pregnant. When I was 19, I dropped out of college to get a full-time job that had insurance so I could take care of my baby. I had my first daughter at 20, and she really woke me up. I remember being in the hospital and the nurse putting her in my arms. And I remember stroking her little nose with my finger like, oh, she has a cute little nose and like touching her fingers and her little face. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this little person is completely looking to me for guidance and to raise her. I'm like, holy camoli, oh shit, I was freaked out. But something happened in that hospital room that day. I woke up. I woke up. I began the process of shifting my beliefs. I realized that because of my decisions, I was where I was. And that was a powerful moment because I realized that if I began to make different choices and different decisions, that I could have a better life. But it all starts with our belief. And so I left that hospital with this promise to my daughter, Bria, that we were going to have a good life that I was going to do my best to give her the life that she deserved and to give myself the life that I deserved. And I walked away from that hospital with the decision made. Things were going to be different. Now, I did not leave that relationship for another year. Listen, ladies, I stayed in an abusive relationship after I made a decision that I was going to live a better life for another year. I tolerated poor behavior. But you know what? Every time he called me out of my name, every time he got in my face, every time there was this toxic language happening, the pushing, the shoving, the hitting, every time that would happen, I got less tolerant of it. Less and less tolerant because I remember thinking one day, I remember standing in my bathroom thinking, I am better than this. I'm better than this. I deserve more than this. What was happening? I was starting to shift my beliefs. Remember my belief of I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm not enough. I'm too much. All of a sudden, I began to shift and think, wait a minute. Wait a second. I'm better than this. What was happening? I was tapping into my inner power. I was tapping into something on the inside of me that was truth. It was telling me the truth. And that's my hope for us. That's my hope for us as we move throughout our the rest of this episode and the rest of our day and the next several weeks and months to come, that we tap into that inner power that tells us the truth, that we deserve better, 
that we are worth more and that we can truly have this amazing, happy, thriving life. So in my 20s, that shift began to happen. So I left that relationship. I remember the day I left. I went home. Again, it was an abusive relationship. And I just want to sidebar here and say that if anybody is mistreating you, if they're putting their hands on you, hitting you, pushing you, grabbing you, yelling at you, calling you out of your name, that is abuse. And you need to seek help and you need to get out. There's absolutely no reason for somebody to put their hands on you in an aggressive way. That is abuse. It's physical abuse. Seek help. There are shelters, there are hotlines, your friends, your family say something. You are worth more than that. You deserve more than that. You are more valuable than that. And I just want to say, get out. Get out of the relationship. Don't tolerate it anymore. You're better than that. So I decided to get out. I remember packing my bags. I remember going to my townhouse where him and I lived with my daughter, Bria, and I wasn't planning on moving that day. I didn't have a grand plan. I didn't tell him I was moving. And so when you don't have a grand plan to move, you grab the first thing you see. And so I grabbed some black trash bags and I started throwing things in those black trash bags. I had silverware with my socks. I <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a very good moving system, but I got the heck out of there. I grabbed my stuff and I got out of there because I was making a shift. And when you start making shifts around your beliefs, you physically start making shifts. You physically start changing your environment. You move. You get out of situations and relationships. You change jobs. You do some radical things when your beliefs start shifting. So I left that relationship. I had to move back home with my mom. I had to rebuild my life And I stayed there for a season. I was able to start my own business. I became an entrepreneur um, and ended up getting married to a really great guy, I believe, because my belief systems began to shift and I began to, to believe the truth. Again, what my power, my inner power, my inner captain was telling me, I began to believe that. And so I began to draw good people into my life. And one of those good people happened to be somebody that I started dating and ended up falling in love with. And he proposed and we got married. And a year later, we had our second daughter, Brenna. And my belief system drew him into my life. Because remember, as we operate in our beliefs, we manifest the life that we either want or don't want, right? My beliefs of not feeling worthy and valuable, my belief of not being enough drew an abusive person that would abuse me, right? That's what happened. That's what I manifested. But as I begin to shift my beliefs into, wait a minute, I'm better than this. I'm more valuable. I'm worthy. I drew someone good that treated me with value into my life. We manifest what we believe. So the belief that I'm not enough, I'm too much, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable is it's rooted in me, right? It's still rooted there. It's like if you get, you know, over in the corner of the bottom of my barrel, they're still there. 
And to this day, I have to go to therapy. You might have to find you a counselor like I did, a therapist. And I have to go to therapy and unpack some things. And I have to talk about some things. And I had to get a life coach. And I had to go back and get some more therapy and go back and get some more life coaching because those beliefs still pop up. I don't want you to think that once you pull those beliefs down, they dissolve and they never show up again and they never appear. That's not true. I still battle the belief that I'm not enough. I still battle the belief that I'm too much and that I'm not worthy or valuable. It pops up. Things trigger those beliefs. And what people say to me sometimes triggers those beliefs. Whether a client hires me or not triggers those beliefs. Sometimes things that my husband does or he doesn't do or things he says triggers those beliefs. And so I have to realize that those things are still going to sometimes pop up and I shouldn't beat myself up about it. I just have to make a mental shift. And so... You know, however I need to make that shift in that moment, I got to do it because those beliefs, again, sometimes feel like they're cemented into my life. And so I've got to do some work, some really hard work, again, through therapy sometimes, counseling, life coaching, meditating, however you got to do it. You might have to pull some people, some professionals in your life to help you do the hard work to undo those limiting beliefs, basically their their lies, and try to replace them with what's true. Now, I, again, have professionals in my life that help me and give me tools um, to really tap into my power and tap into my truth. But I also do this daily. I have a daily practice that I want to share with you. It's very practical. I like to get real practical with you ladies. You know that. If you've listened to a couple episodes, you know that. And so I wanted to give you my daily practice. And hopefully you can adapt it or adopt it and adapt it to your life. You may do this at night or in the afternoon or you may do it in the morning like I do. But what I do, and I think I've shared, I shared this in one of my podcasts briefly, but I get up in the morning and before I do anything else, well, not before I do anything, I actually go to the bathroom because I'm usually about ready to pee my pants. So I go to the bath, I go to the bathroom first and then I grab my journal, my gratitude journal. And I have this journal and I open it up and I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for. Could have been things that happened the day before or the week before or what I'm presently grateful for, like my health, my family, my home, that I have a warm bed, that I have food in my fridge, um, that, you know, my mom is healthy or that she's not, I mean, I say that my mom's healthy. She had brain surgery, so I'm just grateful that she's still here. So (laughs) she's got some health issues, but she's still here. And so saying things that I'm grateful for, writing them down, and really not just writing them, but really feeling into the gratitude. So I think about what I'm writing, and then I pause, and I really feel in that moment a sense of gratitude. I, I put some emotion behind it. I feel into it. I lean in 
to that gratitude. And so I write 10 things that I'm grateful for. And then underneath, at the bottom of the page, I write belief. And then I write a belief, a truth about myself. Now, it doesn't mean I'm feeling this belief. It doesn't mean I'm believing this belief in that moment. But I write down what I'm choosing to believe about myself. So for example, today I wrote, I'm enough. That's my belief that I'm going to carry with myself today. So no matter what happens, no matter who trips and acts like a fool, I believe that I'm enough. If my client decides to not work with me anymore, that's okay. I'm still enough. If something happens that is out of my control or in my control, that sends the message that I'm not enough, too bad because I've already embraced the belief today that I'm enough. So I, I write down my 10 things that I'm grateful for and then I write my truth for the day, my belief for the day. And I want to encourage you to do this. Write your belief. I'm enough. I'm smart. You could write I'm creative. I believe I can do anything. Write down your belief and then say it out loud. Meditate on that belief. Meditate on that truth. Take a minute. Set a timer for five minutes and close your eyes and breathe in and breathe out and meditate on your belief. Mine today was, Katara, you're enough. I'm enough. And I breathe in, I'm enough. And I exhale all that BS that's telling me that I'm not enough. And I inhale the truth of I'm enough. And I exhale all the BS that's trying to tell me that I'm not enough. And I meditate on that belief. I meditate on that truth. And then I make a mental note. Sometimes I put it as a reminder in my phone that'll pop up throughout the day. You're enough. That reminds me of that belief. That reminds me of that truth. Katara, you girl, you're enough. And when things trigger those old beliefs, when things trigger those lies, I pause and I tell myself that is not true. You are enough. You are valuable. You are worthy. You're not too much. You are enough. Now, I have to be honest. I've said this. I don't think these old beliefs will ever stop trying to rear their ugly heads. Okay? They're going to rear their ugly heads. I don't think that this will be anything that I, like, will overcome one day and just will never have these negative beliefs pop up. I think that it's something that will they will rear their ugly heads pretty often. But I do think that even though they won't go away and just get out of our lives, I do think I can tap into that inner captain, that inner power, my inner truth. And I can begin to replace those limiting beliefs, those lies as they pop up. I think that our awareness and for, for in my experience, my awareness and my recognition that that limiting belief and that lie is popping up, it happens faster. It's like I recognize it sooner than I used to. 
as I I continue my daily practice of gratitude and and tapping into to my belief and my truth for the day, as I practice that on a regular basis, I'm more aware and I recognize when those ugly little beliefs try to rear their head, I recognize them a lot quicker. And then I'm able to exercise my belief, my truth. I'm able to kick in and shift into a different mindset. I do it faster. I address it faster. But again, I don't think they'll ever go away. So my encouragement to you is to take some time. Take some time, maybe later today, maybe tomorrow, but carve out some time and search your beliefs. What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe like me that you're not enough sometimes? Do you believe you're not valuable or worthy of love? Do you believe that you'll always have the life you have, which is not so great, and that you're worthy of that? Do you believe that you don't have what it takes? Do you believe that you're too much, maybe too tall, too skinny, too curvy, too t- too fat, too too much, right? Too loud, too happy, too sad. What what do you believe about yourself? Take some time to really evaluate that cuz I be- I think that we move through life without even recognizing it, and we just just have these beliefs and they're they're so interwoven in us that we believe that they're us and that they're they're so a part of us that we believe that they're us and listen they're not they're not you're you can separate that begin to separate that and evaluate that and say hold on a second this is what i actually believe about myself and then you'll be able to start connecting the dots like oh no wonder i got into that relationship oh no wonder This is what's going on in my finances. Oh, no wonder I'm not actually going to step out and do start my own business because I'm actually believing this. And if I believe this, then I'll never do that. So really search your beliefs. What do you believe about yourself? And And then what I want you to do is I want you to begin to search for the truth. Search for the truth. Listen Tap into your inner power because your inner power knows the truth. It will tell you the truth. It will speak so loud if you'll just quiet your heart, quiet your mind, and listen. Listen to what that power, that inner power is saying to you because it will tell you the truth. My inner power told me, Katara, you are enough. Katara, you're not too much of anything, honey. You are not too much. You are enough. You are worthy to be loved. You are valuable. You are of great value. And that is my truth. And that's what I have to choose to believe. So listen to your inner power because it will tell you what's true. And I want you to write down those truths where you can see them every day. And where you can recite them every day. I want you, girl, to say it loud and say it proud. Once you get those truths, get them somewhere where you can recite them and see them and say them loud and say them proud. Because we're going to combat those negative beliefs. And we're going to watch how 
you and I begin to show up in life when we believe what our inner power is telling us, when we believe the truth about ourselves, we're going to start showing up for life a little bit differently. We're going to start showing up believing the best, believing that we're worth more. And guess what's going to happen? More's going to come into your life. Goodness is going to come into your life, girl. You better put your seatbelt on because we are about to go for a ride. It's about to get good. Watch your life make a shift when you believe the truth about yourself you'll show up differently you will demand just by your presence to be treated of great value you will demand (laughs) the universe the world to begin to value you if you show up believing that you are enough and you're not too much of anything Life will begin to manifest in your favor. You will truly begin to see the life that you desire unfold in front of you. And I want that for you. And I hope that you want that for yourself. You will begin to manifest it. But listen, you got to believe it. So what I want you to do is, listen, I want you to do a checkup from the neck up this week Take some time and really evaluate your belief system. And then you need to tap into that inner power that will tell you the truth. And I want you to embrace that truth and begin to recite it loud and proud so you can truly manifest the life that you deserve and the life that you you desire. I hope that this podcast um, helped you. Listen, let me know if it did. Leave me a comment. Send it to a friend, somebody that you think that this will resonate with. Send it to them. So subscribe to my podcast. Share it. Um, This, I hope, really helps you. And I want it to help you and other people. So share it. The power of belief. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by leaving a comment and also share it with your girlfriends. You can keep up with me on Instagram and Facebook at Katara McCarty. And you can check out the services that I provide at KatarMcCarty.com. Don't forget, grab your lipstick and rock your life.